John, you're a retired uh, Navy navigator. Um, you were 22 That's years right. in the US Navy and 16 years right. as a navigator. Um, mm -hmm. How Chief long have- Quartermaster is what I retired as. Oh, right, okay. And w did you have an inkling that the Earth may have been uh, not a spinning ball when you were in the Navy? Oh, absolutely not. I was completely indoctrinated to, you know, from childhood, from kindergarten, we had globes. I remember them in our classrooms. And so that indoctrination, it's for all of us. And it's why people have such a difficult time with the paradigm shift to biblical cosmology is that the indoctrination is so thorough. And, you know, if you do well as a student in, in school and then you go, go to university, they're only going to reinforce that. And mm. uh, and so things like Big Bang, we talked about that on the first interview, evolution, all those things are taught as facts, even though they also claim their theories. You know, mm. the, the uh, what I used to believe, the law of gravity is now just a theory because they have the whole, uh, you know, black holes and the uh, parallel uh, universes and all that kind of stuff happening now as they... Mm. Uh, come up with these destructive doctrines of devils mm -hmm. that are uh, yeah. simply imaginations of men. Yes. And these imaginations are focused on discounting God or eliminating him from their ideology. And that's the problem. You have well-meaning Christians that uh, I suppose many of them born again have had an experience with the Holy Ghost and mm -hmm. grew up in the church. And they go off to college and college quickly contaminates them, corrupts them to their philosophies, uh, to their scientism, as you, you rightly called it. And uh, science, we talked about this as well. Science is, the word means knowledge. And so whether it's biology, and the ology part of it is is seeking, you know, seeking knowledge about it. Whether it's cosmology, biology, uh, these different studies of knowledge, uh, is it's just that. I mean, the layperson can study. You think about all the apostles or lay people, except for Dr. Luke, Mm. Uh, you have the tax collector who obviously would have had some some kind of uh, upper education, but most of them were, were ignorant fishermen. Mm. And uh, these same fishermen uh, talked about science falsely called, talked about the elements melting. Peter, how, how would Peter know about elements before the elemental tables were even uh, invented a couple yeah. hundred years ago? <laughs> it's a very good point. Whatever it's been. So. Yeah. Uh, how, how can, uh, of course, God's speaking through them. Mm. God knows what he made up the uh, universe with. He's Everything consists by the, the power of Jesus Christ. Mm. And, uh, and so these elements that are described by Peter as melting at the return of the Savior uh, are an important, I mean, that's just a thing that sticks out to me in the New Testament. Uh, Christians, you... You have such great wisdom available to you in the Bible through the Lord's instruction. Yeah. And yet we, we cower at these um, worldly scientists and men who uh, want to rule over us with, with pieces of paper. Yes. And their imaginations that uh, discount God. Mm. Yeah. Uh, from my primary source of information, scientific information, I want to go to the Bible. Hmm. And the Bible has uh, the face of the earth uh, like 29 times. Hmm. And uh, of course, the circle of the earth is described in Isaiah 40, 22. But here are some of the, the verses that talk about the face of the earth. 
And okay. we have Genesis I'll, I'll get my pen, pen and paper. Uh, numbers 20. Oh, okay. I can send you the list, but there's there's actually oh, 29 okay. times that this occurs. And Great. so I won't go through all of them, but New Testament, we have Acts 17, 26. Mm-hmm. We have Ezekiel 38, 20, uh, one prophet, Jeremiah 16, 4, another prophet in Psalms uh, 104, 30. Uh, in, in, we have verses in many verses in Genesis, many verses in Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, uh, in Amos. So uh, there's proof there that uh, when we talk about the face of the earth, that wouldn't uh, a face has texture it has uh, like topography mm-hmm. if you think about the face of anything you think of a ball we think about of a, a, a typically a kind of a flat plane type area so you know his hand spans the face of the earth his, his feet uh, are on a footstool the bible describes mm. and people say well it could it could be a ball as the footstool but that's not typically what 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 footstool is made out of a ball that's that's nonsensical but but then the the earth is also described as having pillars Mm. pillars of the deep right so let me uh get back to some references about that and the four corners as well four corners the four corners well Mm. i mean uh then you would there is one fellow back in the uh 18 early mid mid 1800s who drew a a cosmological drawing uh, based on the Bible, and he showed the four corners. But the word corner also can mean quarters. Quarters, okay? yeah, so it also like the compass. Yeah, like mm. the compass, that's right. Mm. So the four corners of the earth. And uh, we have lots of uh, verses about the quarters or the corners of the earth. I have this beautiful uh, thing that I've developed, and I can send you, uh, hopefully I still have it, I had a computer, great loss of information on my computer was destroyed. Oh. And so anyway, I have this, uh, this great, uh, wonderful presentation booklet. It's, it's about a foot wide and about two feet long. And so I, it's a flip chart. But mm. uh, the pillars of the earth, the deep, we were talking about in the first interview, uh, there mm. are many verses for that. And uh, the abyss the foundations of the deep so these foundations are like the legs of the footstool i was referring to before yes and so uh although people say well brother that's just poetic i said well you can say that but i think it's uh it's more literal than we think so it can be both and right yeah it could be a figurative and a literal actually god is is his Throne is above the north, and that's what got us discussing the firmament on our last uh, discussion. We yes. talked about the firmament, which is Genesis and many other places, Psalm 19. And the firmament is a hardened expense, uh, as the Bible describes it in the Hebrew, defines mm. it in Hebrew. Mm. A hardened expanse is difficult to now put together the idea that we're flying into outer space you know, infinite outer space that's ever expanding according to the scientism of the world or worldly science. Um, now we're penetrating that that unknown, right? <laughs> the galaxy that go on forever and a galaxy and universe goes on and on and on and on. And on. Mm-hmm. Well, the firmament is like a terrarium. Mm-hmm. And the terrarium, yeah. though I gave you a number of 7,000 uh, miles up for the zenith, from the center pole or the north pole to where the firmament would be, 
I'm going to modify that because I was just doing the, the math. I think that's the edge of our Antarctica. But we have, uh, if we go from pole to pole, we have uh, 180 degrees of latitude. Okay. Each um, degree of latitude is 60 nautical miles. Right. Okay. Yep. All right. So 60 nautical miles is equal to 10,800, I believe. I just uh, worked on that. Let's see what we got here. Yeah, 10,800 nautical miles. Over 180 degrees. For over 180 degrees. Mm. Okay, so from the center point or the North Pole to the degrees. edge as we, biblical co cosmology would, would by faith believe, it's, uh, you know, 10,800 miles. So, but that would oh, be okay. to the South Pole or the edge, you know, no, they can go no further. So this firmament that's like a terrarium, this hardened expanse connects itself in the continent of Antarctica. Okay, and they say, well, how's that work? Because the the continent is basically the edge. Okay, the mm. continent of Antarctica, Antarctica has a seven thousand seven hundred, I think, uh, uh, foot average elevation. So the highest continent in the world. And the Bible says that God will compass the waters that they will not go any further. Okay. That's exactly so, what he's done, isn't it? Of course, that's what he's done. So he's mm. encircled. That's what that word encompass means. It means to mm. encircle. Mm. Uh, so he's encircled a container. You know, this is the containment of the waters of the world. Any of the waters, I mean, who, who can actually know how many metric cubic tons of water uh, there are on the face of the earth? Any, uh, any idea? I mean, I ask college students this all the time. What, what do you think? What's your guess? You know, and they'll say uh, <laughs> septagillions, you know, some weird number. <laughs> and, but they, they can't know. They haven't, uh, though I suppose the AI could take a crack at it and, and get come up with some number close to it. Mm. Uh, but they really, they really don't know how much water is on the face of the earth. Now, this is another thing I simply share with the college students. Say, what, are, what are some characteristics of water? We know that water has three forms. We know it's solid, liquid, and gaseous. Mm. And like the terrarium we discussed last time, a terrarium will maintain its humidity, its water level, all that stuff. You just put it in the sun, seal it up so it's a, a sealed terrarium, and you put plants in there, you put little insects and things in it, and, and they have life. God has a cycle of life going on that terrarium. And the same thing here. God is maintaining a cycle of life within this grand terrarium that he's created called the earth. And the right. earth in Hebrew just means dirt. Okay. Right. So, so when we look at this terrarium that is the planetarium uh, with, the, with the firmament that goes down to the edge of Antarctica, there have been reports, and I don't have any, any government documents, but there have been reports of scientists down there in Antarctica, and they say they've been working for decades on uh, this stuff called sky ice. And it's a blue ice, and oh. it does not have the characteristics of regular ice. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't melt. It's almost impenetrable. They have tried to put a boring machine to it to get through it. And every time the, the this sky ice that comes down to the ground in Antarctica, will swallow up their bore machines. And just like, oh, you know, so really? they're boring horizontally, 
trying to get through this thing you know mankind you imagine right you get this huge solid thing that you're you're you don't know what's on the other side right mm. what if outer space is on the other side it's a vacuum and you break through that you get sucked thing, out right? <laughs> well just like the mantle may get sucked out according to their <laughs> scientism right yeah. and the whole world would get sucked out yeah that's right <laughs> that, we'd be in trouble it has to work be, that way right? all in the ozone and layer so, uh, just like the uh, right <laughs> just like the Russian super borehole, I think they went down eight point something miles. They could yeah. go no further. That's right, it melted. Right, so the the abyss, as God calls it, uh, the deep, uh, Sheol, Hades, all that stuff that's the underworld that's underneath uh, what we have here is all part of that cosmological system. And so the Hebrew drawings, though they are primitive drawings, they are very accurate according to uh, the Bible. According to the Old Testament. And so God, you'll see in Genesis 1, uh, verses 6 to 10, you'll see that God set the sun and the moon inside the firmament. Yes. The stars are inside the firmament. Mm. And then, like we talked last time, the seas, the crystal sea is above the firmament. So there is mm -hmm. something outside of it. That's it's just not space. Mm. Okay, It's the crystal sea. I suppose it would be an infinite sea. And that God's throne rests upon that. And that's over the center point or the north pole as we understand it. Yeah. And getting back to that first discussion, so his power comes down from his throne, and the sun and the moon are acting like electromagnetic engines, okay? And, and Tesla, a very famous scientist from the late 1800s, early 1900s, uh, believed this terrarium-type system, and that's how he believed electrical current was generated within the system is the sun and the moon going around that axis. Right. Okay. Was was Tesla and a um, power is being generated between those two heavens? Oh, sorry to interrupt. It was a bit, a bit of a lag, isn't there, on this uh, on this call? But um, what I was going to ask is, did did Tesla was he a um, geocentrist? Geocentrist is it? Geocentric? Yeah. Did he believe uh, in as far as, as far I've been seen that in his writings very interesting diagram about uh about the earth as he understood it I, I, um his his writings are not christian you know mm. so yeah. they're just uh, according to his understanding what he's he's just truly trying to use the scientific method right and uh what we call the atmosphere he called like other scientists of his day called it the ether the okay? ether yeah. and the ether is everything within that terrarium okay the humidity dew point pressure uh winds all, all that stuff is all part of this mixing bowl within the terrarium okay. and uh, like we we talked the first time we we have thermosphere exosphere as you go up it gets very difficult you know uh i think the highest that we are low earth orbits like 250 miles with the space station or something and that's nothing uh going back to the measurement of the terrarium we talked about before my calculations are uh from the North Pole to the South Pole, wherever that is, is uh, 10,800 nautical miles. That's based on one degree of latitude. So in navigation, we use latitude to measure distance. So 60 nautical miles of one degree of latitude times 180 degrees. Mm. Okay, that would be from the center point or North Pole to the South Pole or edge, depending on what you're believing, would be 10,800 miles. Now, if the terrarium is a perfect hemisphere, okay, planet, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like a terrarium, and you go straight up, that would be 10,800 miles to the apex 
of a zenith over that center pole. You right. follow what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not saying it has to be. I don't no, know. It might be more. But I know than this, that. whether it's, yeah, it might be more, might be less. Whatever mm -hmm. it is, uh, 10,000 miles or 7,000 miles, whatever it is, is a very long distance. Mm -hmm. And we're just scratching the surface with what we're saying we're doing now. What we're saying is, well, we're going up 120, 250 miles, and that's outer space. Now, I have no idea what the characteristics of the ether are at 250 miles. Mm -hmm. I don't suppose they're anything like what it is here. Okay. Jeez. I don't make that supposition at all. And going back to the, the power within the terrarium, within the firmament, we have the sun and moon moving around. We have the stars are moving as well. And I keep that there, keep repeating the same patterns. Okay. This is generating power that comes down from God's throne through that center axis, through the electrolyte, the perfect electrolyte of 3% salinity in the world's oceans ah, out to the edge cool. to a glass-like substance, which glass is a perfect insulator. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that power comes up the firmament back to the top of the motor, top of the system in a toroidal sphere-like movement. Okay. So it's a three-dimensional sphere where electromagnetism is moving down the center pole out to the edges, up the terrarium to the top again, and continuing to repeat that as the sun and moon move around that. Mm. And you know, we have to give credit to God, not to creation. Romans mm. 1 says, so we give credit to the Lord Jesus Christ, who's powering these things and repeating the patterns over and over again. Yes. Scientists could not begin to predict uh, an eclipse, for example. If everything is just moving outward in an ever-expanding redshift movement, like scientism says, we could never, ever see predictable patterns of behavior from the, uh, from the heavenly bodies, whether it's the sun, the moon, or the stars, okay? That's right, or and you, planets, you can buy almanac, okay. can't you? And it's, it's, it's detailed right. to the minute. Mm. The nautical almanac is exactly mm. what we use yeah. as a tool to reference where these bodies are going to be on a certain day, a certain time every mm. year. Yeah. So every year, you, uh, the, the navigator gets a new nautical almanac that has yeah. the predictions, yeah. the repeated patterns over and over again. And something we mentioned last time as well is within this system of power, the, the currents, the tides are all being moved by that power. The winds are all having repeated patterns and you have trade winds in, in these latitudes. And, the, and when you put it on a flat surface, like the the what i believe is the best representation of the earth is called the uh, equidistant azimuthal chart projection okay oh. and it's what uh air navigators would use in world war ii for bombing raids okay it's a small chart but you can blow it up okay huh. yeah and it has the edge of antarctica around the edge of this chart and every point of land has a a a perfectly, like if you went from the point of New Zealand, let's say the northwest point of New Zealand or Australia, let's take that one, and you went to, uh, let's just say, uh, the end of South America, the tip of South America, there, there's an actual distance there. Yeah. But on the Mercator charts, all those projections, whether it's, it's that projection or the projection up by Greenland and, and Iceland, Newfoundland, that all gets distorted by Mercator projection. They have to make the land masses bigger to match the actual distances measured. But on the equidistant chart, equal distance, right? So everything, 
what we're actually able to survey it between points of land is what's actually displayed on that azimuthal equidistant chart. So okay. from the okay. center point, you have Greenwich, okay? And we measure westward through Western lat uh, longitudes to the international date line, okay? And then eastward from Greenwich to the international date line, okay, uh, for the Eastern longitudes. Now, the reason we don't use longitude for measuring distance is because as you go from the equator towards the poles, the distance is shortened between yeah. because you're having this distortion implied, right? Or, or uh, in, instituted within the system. Right, okay? the, so the system that man has made. The system that man has made. And so yeah. it was one of the things that baffled me when I first began to explore this. Yes. Uh, with all my training as a navigator, we would take uh, what are called, you know, ocean transit planning charts. And then we would uh, twist we, we take a draw a straight line, let's say, uh, from the uh, from Jacksonville, Florida to the Straits of Gibraltar. Okay, straight line there. You want the, the fastest way to get there, right? On this mm. transit planning chart, which is a flat chart on the flat table. And then we take the latitudes and longitudes and we put it onto a twisted, perverted Mercator projection that's introducing these weird uh, bent lines. Okay. Now, mm. we take those latitudes and longitudes and let's say every degree or every five degrees of longitude we take a lat and long at that point and we draw this curved line to the from from jacksonville florida to the straits of gibraltar and that yeah. curve that we're putting in our own minds is oh that's the sphere that's we're crossing you know we're accounting for the curvature of the globe so it it, it keeps you i mean what what great intelligence would have to think of this right and we talked about this the first uh, interview, and that is the Ptolemaic system, which would be the geocentric system mm -hmm. versus the uh, Copernican-Kepler systems, uh, heliocentric model, mm -hmm. both mathematically work. Yes. Based on what we're seeing in, in the heavenlies and what we, we see, you know, as we, well, I can explain the sun, the moon is 93 million miles away, and the, the moon is a uh, quarter million miles away because that's why they're perfectly sized and this is the I, I can assume that the sun is a million times larger than the earth because mm -hmm. it has to be it has to be that far away in order for the sun moon to match up like that yeah right for an eclipse whether it's a lunar or a solar eclipse doesn't mm -hmm. matter mm -hmm. so so but but basically uh let's talk about that for a moment we have in psalm 19 it talks about the uh, bridegroom the the sun coming out of his chambers racing in a circuit after uh the moon so they're doing this like uh you know heavenly dance kind yes. of thing right yes and the sun is traveling annually or excuse me semi-annually between the equator and the tropic of of cancer like we're coming up on uh the the point where it's reached the northernmost part along the sphere projection or along the the equidistant projection where you know, basically the North Pole is is getting sunlight, Atlas is getting sunlight 24 hours a day, mm. right? Yeah. And it doesn't go down. And to where it comes back to the equator, and when it gets back to the equator, it's called uh, equinox, equal night and day. Mm. And then it starts traveling your way, the zenith of it, okay, over the course of six months, yeah. down mm. to where mm. you have uh, in July is your winter. Is that correct? Uh, yep, June, July. 
Yeah, and December is your summer. Mm. Okay, so now if if the sun and moon are are much closer than we think, and you think of like a flashlight across the face of a table, and uh, so the heat of the sun is providing the warmth for the oceans and the and the uh, ether and in the atmosphere flat. <laughs> the atmosphere within the oh, atmosphere. Yeah. So, so we get different, but it, different but it seasons, could, not because the it could be a sphere though, the atmosphere flat, <laughs> because we've got a dome, haven't we, over us, and that's a spherical, isn't now, it? Now, I, I, yeah, I thought that as well. I said, well, you know, this is before I came to the idea of ferment. Okay, so. I learned these things like in increments. I studied this, these cosmologies for about four years before I went, I began to go public with it. And the way I began to go public with it was I would just kind of ask questions. Well, what do you think this might be true? Or what, what does this mean? Or why is it this way? And there's so many <laughs> uh, multitudes of questions that are, that are generated by just looking at at creation and saying well this doesn't match up with what we're seeing if you know we're believing scientism by faith that's what we're doing we we don't know right right? we're just believing that these liars are telling us the truth now yeah i most christians would agree that 75 or 80 percent of the information that science puts out is a bunch of hogwash you know things like uh darwinian evolution big bang theory we don't believe that age of the earth. No, so now the earth is six to 10,000 years old. And like, we're kind of ashamed of that, right? You don't mm. need to be ashamed of that. Actually, it's weird. We that is, yeah, yeah. No, we shouldn't be. But you sort of think, oh, they're going to jump on me for that one. You know, don't you? As soon as you say that. Right. That's right. Mm. And uh, But that's what it is. Man, I'm not sure <laughs> where I was going with that. Sorry. Mm. Um. Well, in describing the the uh, what I believe is the biblical cosmological system, yeah, it's very intricate. It's like a timepiece, and, and the Bible says that the sun, the moon, the stars are like a very intricate timepiece. They they measure the seasons, the months, and the days. So the sun is marking the day, the moon is marking the months, and the stars are marking the years and the seasons. Okay, so if we go back to the Hebrew calendar. Things that, you know, get off that, that Gnostic uh, calendar that we're on right now from the Roman Catholics. Yes. If we go back to the Hebrew calendar, we can actually start looking at calculating uh, approximately when Jesus would have been birthed, according to prophecy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we can also predict, and I, I'm not a date setter by any means. No. Uh, there's a, a doctrine called Kiliism in the early church, and it's called, spelled C-H-I-L-L-I-S-M. And Kiliism is basically, uh, to the Lord, a year is like a day, a day is like, a, uh, excuse me, a, a year is like a thousand years, a thousand years like, a, sorry, a day is like a thousand years, a thousand yeah. years like a uh, day. So, yeah. so we look at Jesus having gone, uh, ascended two days ago according yep. to the Lord's timepiece right? yep. for him. Eternity is eternal, right? So he, he forevermore will be. And so for him, he went to be with his father, you know, two days ago, 2000 years ago. It's mm-hmm. just a, such a quick, you know, thing of time. And, uh, and that, so for humanity's time on earth from creation till he returns, I believe is 6,000 years. Then there'll be a yep. thousand years where he reigns. That's the seventh millennia. Okay. That's the, 
the completion millennia of humanity, and then the eighth millennia, and eight is the number of infinity. Okay, you lay that sideways, and an infinite continually goes around. The number eight、uh, indicates infinity. So,、mm-hmm. the eighth millennia, there is no more time. You know, God is the、uh, He's the light. We don't have a need for the sun and moon anymore. We don't have a need to mark the days anymore, or the、mm. seasons anymore. And so, and that will forevermore be with him in that place. So, we have the the seventh millennial, which is, according to the Hebrew calendar, is coming up pretty quick. You know, we're、uh, last time I calculated, which is about three or four years ago. I think I calculated fifty nine hundred and sixty three years. But the way things seem, and and they suppose this in the first century after Jesus ascended, it seems、mm. like he's coming tomorrow. It, yes, you know, it could be any time he could come, right?、Mm. But we see things like the vaccine passport that they're going to require us to、uh, have in order to buy and sell and travel.、Mm-hmm. Well, that's a prophecy from two thousand years ago from the it, Apostle John, you know, revealed from Jesus Christ. Yes, it's certainly a you know a forerunner if it's not the actual. Um, mark of the beast itself. Yes, sir. I I, I am very convinced of that. So I, I'm not、mm. willing to set a date for it. I know this:、mm. if they require it for that, we'll have a, a season. Or this is what I believe. I don't know. I'm not going to say I absolutely know this. Yeah, this is where you've come to. I believe to. there will be a season where we'll get、uh, worldwide. We'll get to choose to take it or not. And there'll come a point where、uh, you know the beast ascends out of the abyss, and、uh, the man of predictions revealed, and he takes complete control of the world and says, "You will take this, or I will lop your head off." Yeah. And when he begins to do that, now we know it's going to be three and a half years. Three and a half years until、yeah. the end. Yeah,、right. that makes sense. That to point,、uh, where, yeah. And I just watched、mm. this very compelling movie.、Uh, I would encourage you. I think I sent sent you a link to it, but you might share it with your listeners. About、mm. the two witnesses, I don't agree. Oh, okay. Everything、yeah. this this ministry, I think, I、uh, uh, can't try、uh, AOC channel on YouTube. I think, but the two、oh, witnesses, as he、too. explains, there's two witnesses. A、uh, literal, I believe, there's literal witnesses, though I don't、mm. think that's their position. But there's these two witnesses are the churches, okay? And there's two faithful churches listed in, in Revelation. That's right. right. Two of the, the seven. Rest, Right, two of the seven, and their supposition is the rest apostatized themselves. They didn't repent,、mm. and so back then, even back then, and even now, okay. So, through the last two centuries, we've had two churches that have been faithful. One would be the Gentile branch, and one would be the Jewish branch. And the Jewish branch is the Messianic Jews that, by faith, they believe their Messiah. They're、mm. trying to minister to their countrymen, right? Mm-hmm. And they're showing them the prophecies, showing them Isaiah fifty-three, that kind of thing. Yeah, but then、Psalms、you have twenty-two.、And... Uh, the, right, the Gentiles have been brought in. Right,、uh, Romans、mm-hmm. chapter eleven, starting about,、yeah. about verse twenty or twenty-one, and all the way through twenty-seven. That we, you know, we've been grafted in an unnatural branch into、mm-hmm. the root of Jesse, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yes. And by His Holy Spirit, we walk according to His will. Yes. And so the Jews.、Uh, Should be jealous of that and come to their Messiah based on what they're seeing God doing with the Gentiles, but、yes. most of them are not, unfortunately.、Mm. And then,、uh, so we're we're to provoke them to jealousy, but then God warns us not to be haughty、yes. against the Jews, <laughs>、yeah. right? 
because yeah. uh, they're they're the other lampstand. So we have these two witnesses, both uh, literal mm -hmm. with these two actual witnesses. I think that'll be in Jerusalem in the last days, right before uh, you know they're killed and the Antichrist is revealed by you know when he murders them in the streets and they lay there for three and a half days, literally, and they ascend, literally. The world mm -hmm. watches that happen, and the world throws a party, right? They do. Well, here's what this guy in this this great video uh, put forth. He said, well, the church is these two witnesses, both Jewish and Gentile churches, right? And so we will speak forth God's word. We'll have, you know, uh, like they had former power in the beginning of the church, we'll have latter power in the end of the church to do miracles and to do things that are supernatural. But the most important thing we'll do is speak God's word with fire, right? And, and that will consume our enemies. And God will protect us for the three and a half years, but then we'll be slain from that point for three and a half days, three and a half years. Okay. We'll be okay. having our heads cut off. We'll be hunted, torn apart. So for the latter part of the, the tribulation, the saints of God will endure horrible persecutions by the world and by the antichrist. And then God will say, come up here. And he'll say, come up here at the end of the age when Jesus Christ returns. You know, now, John, if you, Go ahead. Oh, hold, hold that point. Um, you, you know how uh, it says that the that the world um, with the um, the death of the witnesses, the two witnesses, that they um, give gifts to one another and celebrate. Well, you can see now how that could be uh, the world celebrating that we are being persecuted because they hate us now. You know, a lot of people can't stand the anti-Semitic and they don't like they don't like Christians. And like right. you say, the two lampstands, they, they don't like us. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, you can see that clearly. Oh, yeah. We, we see Jews being persecuted in New York City and Hollywood. Yeah. And mm. it's it's only going to spread. It, it, you know, I was wondering because the Muslims have been quiet for a while. You mm. know, since Trump took over the United States, they, they've been kind of quiet. Mm. But now it's like they've been the devil has turned them back, you know, lit them back off again. And they're very heavily entrenched here in the United States, very heavily entrenched. Mm. So it's just like a weapon of his warfare that he's he's getting ready to unleash upon us. Yes. Uh, but uh, anyway, so so that yeah, the end time. That's all wonderful discussions. But to get back to uh, cosmology, and and uh, I would love to have more time with you, brother, to discuss these other issues like end times and pandemics and. Oh, yeah, I will. Kind of Let's do that, Lord willing. Amen. You know, yeah, I'd, I'm really keen to do that. So is there anything you can think of that we talked about on the first interview that, that we haven't talked about so far today? Um, I'm trying to remember myself. We, yeah, I was, I was fascinated with the um, how you described the um the center pole the the, the and the and the terrarium and the and the winds and the and um you know we talked about how the wind up there could be you know like hundreds of miles per hour you know maybe even thousands of miles per hour which right we we might don't explain, know that i mean right no sure which could explain we, oh, things moving around up there that we see these sure. lights we talked about satellites we talked about the international space station how they can move so quickly and the jet streams we, we know about this it's just that 
36,000 feet, we see the, see the effects of jet streams. Mm. And those are, I mean, it can move a plane along at 100 miles an hour of tailwind, 150 miles of headwind can delay your flight, all those kinds of things, right? So mm. if that's happening at that altitude, what might be going on up you know, at 250 miles? Yeah. Well, we see video and images of Elon Musk uh, launching his Starlink satellite system, right? Mm. They're just balloons with equipment underneath of them, one yeah. after another. And you, you said you thought the aliens were were invading New Zealand, right? Wow. There, I mean, there's a line of lights crossing it, the sky, right? Well, it just yeah. looked like stars. It looked like stars sure. just shooting across. Right. And, across. Uh, They're was... moving. They're moving quick. <laughs> I wonder how and, high uh, they that's were. That's why my supposition, yeah, I, I can't tell you that. I have no idea. No, no. I know I've seen... Uh, non-governmental non-commercial balloons at 120,000 uh, feet right and they it's just flat as a pancake and they'll they'll do you know they'll, they'll pan the, the face of the earth and it goes out to an edge that we can't really discern right and uh, but it's definitely not a globe you know on uh, our website jesuspreacher.com under the tabs for doctrines and under the doctrines tab there's a tab for cosmology uh, in that i did a uh a blog about the law of perspective oh that's good and the law of perspective basically yeah it's basically the vanishing point you know we, yes. we all can the common man can understand that right yeah. so we think about the vanishing point things disappear at a so certain point uh with the with our eyes you know okay well we can put binoculars up there we can get sight back uh, we can see further, and you can even mount the telescope horizontally. In the Navy, we have what we call big eyes, and huge. The lenses on the other end uh, were like seven inches across. Big, thick, beautiful lenses, American-made. Uh, actually, I think they were German-made uh, crafted <laughs> lenses. But uh, the the case is made in America. You know, the the metal part of the binoculars, huge things, about two and a half, three feet long. Well, we could see ships way, you know, lighthouses way out there at 50 miles, you know. Oh, and it never occurred to you me. You shouldn't be able to answer, see that. <laughs> I shouldn't be able to see that. That's right. And it never occurred to me until I began to research these things. The first video I watched was ships coming back over the horizon after they've disappeared over the curve. Well, that was right? mind-blowing when I first saw that. Yeah. And those P900s. You know, with, with these Sure, the P nine hundred. We talked. We talked about that on the last yeah. uh, last yeah. talk too. So, yeah. so that should should never be able to happen. So, no. we have uh, the formula the the that, and that's what really broke, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, for my you know, my perspective is that that formula is miles squared times eight over divided by twelve gives us. Um, uh, the drop yeah, yeah the drop of the curve as as we should see it going over the let me just bring that up real quick and it, eight it's inches such an interesting to the mile squared yeah eight inches the mile squared so we have um and I, in this blog i said imagine you're flying in a plane at 36,000 feet an aerial observer can see 233 miles in one direction but let's suppose I'm the pilot sitting in the cockpit. I can look 180 degrees, right? Mm -hmm. So I can look from one direction, 233 miles, to another direction, 233 miles, for a total of 467 miles or so, right? So 
Now, if I can see 467 miles, that means the curvature that I should be able to see uh, of the horizon should look like this. It should rise up for a total of 144,000 feet of rise and decline. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in a plane, I'm looking at the horizon, which appears flat up there. 36,000 feet still appears flat. It has a little curve in the sense that there's, as the angle goes out, you're you're having more atspheere interfering with it, your ocular ability. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That gives that well, impression that it's going farther when you yeah mm -hmm. you're looking at the angle. But mm -hmm. in this in this idea, if we're truly living on a globe, we should be able to look to the port side of the plane, the left side of the plane, and look, and we should see a mountain rising up about 72,000 feet, and then it declines to the right another 72,000 feet on the starboard wing. Well, that is not what we see. At no. 36,000 feet, we just see basically flatness. Mm. And the same thing happens. We send the balloon up to 120,000 feet. We see basically flatness. Mm. It's inexplicable. The only way to explain it is that, well, brother, the Earth is bigger than we think it is. Wait a minute now. We're talking about science. We already know. I mean, I'm they, no, I'm no, yeah, yeah I'm no brilliant yeah. guy, right? I'm no big no. mathematician, but I can look at basic mathematical formulas like this one that calculates the curvature of the Earth. And uh, I was trying to remember that that the engineer Brian, I couldn't remember his last name, but but he he's the one that first shared that. And there's a graph that you can you can uh, get from online and it shows all the different mileage and, and all the different arcs and everything you should see, depending on how far, how far you've gone. Like you're standing at the sea seashore, right? Mm -hmm. You're at sea level mm -hmm. and the ship goes over the curvature at three miles. Why? Yes. Well, that's your sight distance for mm -hmm. a six foot person at the seashore. Your sight distance is three miles. Yep. Your vanishing point is three miles, mm -hmm. but then you look down the beach at a uh, at a pier ten miles away. You can look at this on any chart, right? Any coastal chart, you can verify this. I'm on a point uh, of land. I look down the beach ten miles, and there's this pier, clear as day. I should not be able to see that pier because remember, a six foot man is supposed to disappear uh, at three miles. Now. The height of the object has something to do with it on the other end as well, but, yes. but we can calculate that, right? Mm -hmm. So the height of the lighthouse disappearing over the horizon, the height of the ship, the height of the pier, all those things have to be accounted for as well. But they absolutely violate this, this formula for the curvature of or circularity of the Earth, as I'll call it. The okay. eight inches to the and mile that, squared um, formula. Right. Mm. That's right. That's right. And you know what I've noticed? Most uh, mm. people that believe we live on a globe that's spinning don't know that formula. And yet the flat earth uh, people like us, they we know it. <laughs> that's kind of right. important, isn't it? Right. Yeah. So the formula is the distance to the horizon squared times eight inches divided by 12 will give you the rise and fall or, or the, yeah, the rise and fall of the horizon. So what we suppose we see along the X axis looking towards the horizon is the same thing we should see along the Y axis along the horizon. You know what I mean? That's the uh -huh. point of the flying plane at 36,000 feet. What I see along the, you know, looking towards the horizon, if I'm believing that's going over the horizon, then I should see the same curvature along the horizon. And nope.
but he gets oh uh, yeah and you don't yeah i was mentioning earlier yeah yeah you don't you just don't think about it no and that's why i say when you look to, down the beach 10 miles that pier shouldn't be there according to curvature and uh you know i'm on campus so i'll take a very simple idea like okay we know that that water flows down everybody agrees with that law of gravity mm. goes from mm. the mountains down to the hills down to the piedmonts down to the swamps and out in the ocean circulates yeah. back again the yeah. hydrologic cycle so we all believe that water flows downhill we all believe it it, it wherever it gets to it's flat we look across a lake across a sea across the ocean and it just appears it just appears to be flat and we all know water has to be contained well, we've already talked about that haven't we? yeah that's right it does Antarctica it... being the highest elevation continent in the world and that's that's your container and wherever we look it's flat mm -hmm. i brother i spent 21 22 years at sea looking at flatness and not realizing this is really flat <laughs> it's just flat it's not a spinning ball you know if it's a spinning ball of water, then then the centrifugal centripetal law should kick in and should be slinging this water all kinds of ways uh, because of the power. Think of the power of of the rotating globe, you know, about 27,000 miles around. Mm. This thing is moving at a thousand miles an hour at the equator. That should be slinging water in huge tidal waves and tsunamis that we could never deal with. We could yeah. never deal with that. We couldn't mm. live here based on their system and you take a simple tennis ball soak it with water and spin it and you can watch all that water fly off and violates yeah. the law of gravity <laughs> yeah right. yeah it does doesn't it it does because and we say oh gravity holds it on holds the water around the earth but it doesn't work <laughs> with the spinning ball a tennis ball with it doesn't soaked. work for the butterfly no, no. <laughs> the butterfly overcomes all this power that's holding these these immeasurable cubic tons of water Mm. Uh, that holding that down and flat as it appears, the butterfly violates it, right? It just flits mm. around, the bird violates it, the plane violates it. What? Wait a minute. All that pressure, we should be getting crushed. Uh, just uh, our human experience, should we should be sliming along the surface of the earth, right? And yeah. We shouldn't even be able to get up and walk. No. It's just insanity. It just, uh, once you shake off, and you, you mentioned this in the first uh, talk that we had, you look at the heavenlies you look at the earth in a whole oh, yeah. new set of eyes oh yeah you I look up around for months yeah brother, i know just I in know. awe of his creation starry-eyed yeah that's exactly Silly. right yeah, yeah. starry-eyed you right. look up you see that yeah. moon you go oh lord thank you yeah. you know you put that there for us yeah you know we're not insignificant right yeah right um, and, and that's the other thing that you mentioned in the last talk was you know, he's right there you know, if he's 10,000 miles away, he's not as far as we think. No. And he knows our hearts and thoughts. He knows we, we want to be with him. You know, true mm. Christians always want to be with their Lord over being here. Yes. You know, I love yeah. my family, but I, I'd rather be with him. Mm. You know, I make no apology for that. I love my family, but I love the Lord more. And that should be every Christian's attitude. Come, Lord Jesus. Yeah. Well, mm. if he comes, he's coming in fire, buddy. And uh, right. if you don't mind, brother, can I read this passage? I think it'll encourage your listeners that are Christian. Is, is that the one on Thessalonians? Right. No, no, no. Well, that that is another one too. But but this is a new one that I got a hold of in Joel two. Oh. And uh, oh, the Lord returns Joel with ten thousands of his saints. Is that the one? 
No, that's that's Second Thessalonians one. Uh, this it? one that I'm speaking oh. of, Joel two. You go there. Um, um yeah, there Joel two. Bring it up. <clears throat> Joel two. And this is uh, can I read it, brother? You mind? Yeah, yeah, far, far away. That'd be great. Now this is the army of the Lord, which includes. Oh yes, we did. We've talked about angels. this. Yeah, this is great. We did. Okay. Did we talk about it on the last show or no? No, no. One other time. Okay. One other time. Yeah. So blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. A day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds of thick darkness as the morning spread upon the mountains. A great people and a strong, there hath not ever the like, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. A fire devoureth before them, and behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. And yea, nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses, and as horsemen, so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap, like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble as a strong people set in battle array. Before their face the people shall be much pained, all faces shall gather blackness. They shall run like mighty men, they shall climb the wall like men of war, and they shall march every one on his own way, on his ways and they shall not break their ranks. Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk everyone in, in his path. And when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb up upon the houses. They shall enter in at windows like a thief. The earth shall quake before them. The heavens shall tremble. The sun and the moon shall be dark and the stars shall withdraw their shining. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. For his camp is very great, for he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil." Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering, a drink offering unto the Lord your God? Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, those that suck breasts. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber, let the bride out of her closet. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There's the bride, bride out of her closet. Yes. Isn't that exciting, brother? I mean, yeah. I, I was going to post this morning on Facebook. I thought, you know, the, the world is looking for aliens now. They're even admitting there's aliens. But we're supposed to be an yeah. alien people in this place. Here we are. When we return <laughs> to the world, we're going to look like aliens are invading. We are. Yeah, that's right. So right now, when the you demons read that. are manifesting. Yeah. Right. The demons are manifesting in the world. The demons are showing up and doing uh, supernatural stuff. You know, they, the Bible says they would, right? Yeah. But when we, when the army of the Lord returns, when Jesus Christ on his great white horse goes before us and we're poured like lava, that, this is the vision I had. We're on horses and we're like fire being poured out on the earth. And yeah. we, we, he's going before us, this great king, king of kings. He's going before us. And we're all behind him. 
We're all by He doesn't need one of us. He doesn't need one of his angels to help him do this job. No. But we're going to to be with him and do this job like this passage is describing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing stuff and just so encouraged by it, but it just really being, gives me courage. Yes. It's to go a, out it's there a, and face the, uh, the mob or face whoever, you know, whatever you're going to do, yeah. man. All you're going to do is promote me. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we, we Christians, we don't need to cower in fear. We need to be bold with our faith. We need, we need, yeah. to, we need to go forth and tell the people, listen, God's coming. He's not pleased. And he's coming no. in wrath. Um, I don't know if you wanted to um, talk about how I came to this. I don't think yeah, I am. That's, that, would be, that was one of the things I'd like to know. Um, I, I know the listeners would like to know. As you mentioned before, I was, uh, did navigation in the Navy. And uh, so it was a it was a big jump for me to, to I didn't do it overnight. I actually studied for four years intensely, mm. and at that time would have been like 2014 or 15. And yeah. back then there was free. I mean, uh, people were posting all kinds of YouTube channels, Facebook pages. I mean, you could see them then. You can't see them now. Google. Yeah, you can't see them now. Right? Yeah. They've back covered then, it up. I was just gathering videos, uh, gathering pictures and all kinds of information I was gathering. Mm. And uh, anyway, so, and I, I was kind of laughing at it at first, right? But uh, I had uh, had a brother tell me about it. I kind of mocked him a little bit. So he kind of planted a seed. And then I had another uh, brother from his area who this is not a flat earther, but he mm. believes in geocentricity. Right? Mm. So I studied that according to the Bible. And that teaching by Charlie, Pastor Charlie Kennan is on my website as well under the Cosmology Doctrine. But you you go there and, and look through this teaching, um, scores and scores of verses about the earth being the centrality of the universe, right? Mm, yes. And I'd had, you know, by faith, I had this idea in my heart uh, decades ago about, oh, Lord, I know that we are your, you know, we're the apple of your eye, humanity, you know, we're the one you want to have a relationship. I don't think there's some aliens out there, some far distant planet uh, that you're their God to. I think this is it right here. And so I read through that teaching and I said, man, that, that is really biblical. And then I began to change my mind about uh, geocentricity. Well, if you do that, now everything comes into question because the whole system is based on a heliocentric lie that's only about 500 years old in any way. You know, Kepler and Copernicus, the old Jesuit priests, demonic teachers that they were. Yes. Uh, and Luther opposed them, by the way. Luther opposed their teachings. And the church opposed their teachings. Oh, that's heresy. Good. They did it. They did to the, the Roman yeah. Catholic Church did as well. So they yeah. were opposed. Mm. But they they prevailed. They they won the day, and you know played the victim card like most of these uh, ideological misfits will do. Mm. And uh, anyway, so when I came to geocentricity, uh, I I became open to the possibility that flat Earth was true. I didn't believe it. It was another couple years of study before I said, you know what? I can't, Lord, I can't deny what your word says. It's yes. just all your fingerprints all over this. Mm. And uh, it's exciting, isn't it? And then when, when you get to you know, that stage, it is exciting. And, yeah. And the icing on the cake is, you know, uh, Google, Facebook and YouTube, they're testifying before Congress about how they can censor different ideas and things on their social platforms. They said, well, sir, we can't uh, let um, bad doctrines like flat earth yeah, I and know. 
they mentioned uh, 9 11 conspiracies and, and Kennedy assassination conspiracies get out there on the internet as truth. Why okay, not? So you are, <laughs> you know, yeah, why, why can't we examine it? Yeah. And the answer is because these children of the devil don't want us to expose their lies. Mm. So, and I would encourage your listeners to check out a, a couple docu documentaries. One would be a funny thing happened on the yeah. way to the moon. Bart Sibral. Right? And, uh, yep, Sibral. And yep. uh, a very good producer. Mm. And uh, Sibral has been, you know, he's been mocked and uh, slandered for decades. But his mm. documentary is just uh, amazing. And it so is. if geocentricity is true and the moon landings are false, then NASA is false and everything that they're telling us is suspect. Yes. Well, from there, it just kept blooming and blooming and blooming. And oh, John, you're just a big conspiracy nut now. <laughs> okay, let me give you another documentary. It's very, very important to watch. Yeah. And that is, uh, and I'll give you my response to that false accusation in a minute. But so another mm. great documentary to watch is What in the World Are They Spraying? Oh, they okay. One trails in the world. Geoengineering since the early 70s this is the first first documented uh, revelation to the public that I could see in, in, in Science Illustrated. Um, mm. There, I think in 72, they had a mention of cloud seeding, you know, the early uh, beginnings of uh, uh, trying to engineer the weather, you know. Yep, they were now, talking about I mean, that um, on the weekend on the on the uh, mainstream media uh, scientists were right. talking about seeding for to stop the global warming, but it would make it would make the atmosphere white and uh, cool it cool us down. And then we'd be we wouldn't well, have enough vitamin D. That? Well, that's what they think, right. and we wouldn't have enough vitamin right. D if they did that, would they? Because, we, and then they say we have right. to keep we have to keep seeding it all the time, because um, it was it's going to fall to the earth, and then we'd have to redo it. So, to, and then we'd have to be going all over the place with the airplanes and using you know um, creating carbon and whatever it is. Okay, so let's kind for a moment uh, fiddling around with the atmosphere. Yeah. So. That's another discussion. Let's 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 yeah, let's leave that for another discussion. Okay, so <laughs> chemtrails. Uh, yeah. Do you believe in chemtrails? <laughs> That's what they hour, say. Yeah. Hours, yeah. right? What do you mean? We've had chemtrails for years. Yeah, exactly. But uh, contrails was before that. I'm old enough to remember. Oh, okay. Anyway, so um, so all those uh, going back to how do I answer the accusation, John or whoever you are? You've become a conspiracy nut. Yeah. You know, listen. I believe God and I believe there's the great conspirator, the, the prince of the power of the air, the devil, the, the, the father of lies, all the control here, the yeah. father of all lies, the one who's orchestrating all the powers and principalities of the earth as we know it, mm -hmm. all the Bill Gates, the George Soros's, all the governments. How can the governments all at one time be ready for this pandemic? Okay. 18 months before they actually had a meeting, they planned what it would look like. Well, how should we respond? Let's print out all these stickers that go on the floor that tell yeah. the people to move this way, don't move that way. Make sure Wear we have lots of masks in place. We'll make yeah. millions of dollars making cheap paper masks. Do you <laughs> understand the profit margin on a billion masks? <laughs> yeah. So, so that's how I answer the the accuser, false accuser, that I'm just a conspiracy nut. Mm. That's and, good. Uh, I, good and John, put your tin hat on, okay? I said, well, I'm yeah. gonna. Uh, thankfully wear my tin hat excuse me i'm gonna mm. think i don't i don't buy into the wisdom of this world in fact first corinthians chapter one starting verse 18 the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that are perishing it goes on 
Now, where is the worldly? Uh, where is the scribe and the disputer of this age? Uh, God, his foolishness confounds the wisdom of this world. Right. It's, it's almost like he's done it on purpose to make it look silly. So they think, you know, they're just confounded right. by it. It's so, it, but it's confounded. so simple. It makes so much sense, doesn't it? Water has its own level. Yeah, always you have fine. to be we like a it. child, don't you? You do. We, we have, a, when we were building yeah. in the in the early days, but we used to use water level. And uh, mm. that was pretty accurate. Just mm. water and a hose. And then we go around the building right. and mark on the uh, profiles the water level. And right. so we, we, it was a dead level. And then we just measured down from it. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Why would it change over? Why, you, why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> why would you deploy that system over the course? Because it's, it's level. And you could do it over huge areas. And it was accurate. Mm. Really accurate. Much more accurate than a, if you wanted to do it. You could do it over a short distance with a string line. But over a big distance, you needed a water level. Right. <laughs> yes. Funny that. Man. I mean, and you look at uh, God's rebuke, uh, rebuke of Job in chap uh, Job chapter 38 and on. And then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, you know, and I say this to every naysayer about flat earth and biblical cosmology. Listen, you need to read Job chapter 38, 39 and 40. Mm. That's you. Where you was thou when I laid the foundation of the earth? Verse the foundation. Declare if thou hast a foundations. What do you mean? Yeah. A foundation how does it, means how does a ball spinning have a foundation? I'm going to give you another one. Verse seven. When the, yeah. the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. What? How does a star sing? How? how oh, that's just poetic, brother. Wait I a don't, minute. It's I don't think stars it is. Stars and yeah. sons of God. Sons of yeah. God is poetic. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. uh, oh, that was the one thing I wanted to mention too. The word planetos or planet yep. in the Greek means wandering star. Ah. So th these wandering stars are actually like primary demons. They're still, they're moving about in the heavens, but they're out of order. Venus, uh, Mercury, these, these Greek gods, right? These, these false gods, these devils, they're not maintaining order as God had put them in a certain order. And they didn't maintain that. They want to do what they want to do. So they're up there, you know, the power of the air. They're up there flying around, doing their thing the way they want to do it. Now they're they're still following a pattern now, but it's out of order. Do you, it's, uh, so, so do, do you think when we see those things that flash across in the out the corner of your eye at night, it looks like a falling star or a shooting star? Mm -hmm, right. Do you think that's what that is, or do you think that's something else? Yeah, it could be it could be a, a minor demon falling to the earth. It could be a piece of the, the moon if the if the moon is solid, or if the mm. sun is solid. Plasma could be the sun. There's mm. a little piece of dust, a little piece of space dust, we'll call it, right? Yeah. Well, here's another one, and you were just talking about this water level, right? Yeah. Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened, or who hath laid this? I'm sorry. Let me go back to verse five. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it? And it's talking about the earth, stretching a line upon the earth. Why would you do that? Or you should be doing a compass, right? Like some geometric ball you're putting together. Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Who laid the cornerstone? These are, ah. these are construction building type things, right? So God yes. built something and it's a terrarium with a huge foundation that the Bible says repeatedly is stationary and immovable forever. <laughs> 
Yeah. Wait a minute. I thought Thy it was a thousand truth. miles an hour. Mm. Thy word is truth. Amen, Lord. Every Amen. word of God is pure. Proverbs 30, verse 5. So when, verse, when verse you 13, see stuff like that, that, it might take hold. You're right. That, verse 13, that it might take hold of the ends of the earth, that the wicked might be shaken out of it. Oh, this is a good one. Yeah. It is turned as clay to the seal, and they stand as a garment. Oh, now that is a beauty. Um, Kent Hovind thinks that means the earth is turning, like um, he says that uh, in the olden days they had cylindrical seals and they'd roll them across the clay, and that's what that is. That's the earth spinning on its axis as it's going around. But I don't see it like that. I see it as just it's a seal, and you put the thing down on the in the clay or in the wax there in the last 100 years, um, and it... it and when get you a, do that, an imprint. It, it turns up an edge on the outside of that clay seal, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And also turn doesn't mean spinning. It, it could be right. someone turning on a lathe. You know, that's what I think that meaning right. turned means a turn. Or the potter's wheel. Yeah. Right? yeah. on the potter's wheel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, here's a good one. Verse 18. Hast thou perceived the breadth of the earth? What do you mean breadth? B-R-E-A-D-T-H, uh, across the face of the earth, declare if thou knowest it all. Verse yeah. 25, who has divided a water course for the overflowing waters or a way for the lightning of thunder? We talked about the lightning coming up the firmament, right? Yeah, and we did. All those winds and stuff being generated by the, the, the powerful system that God has put in place and is maintaining. Hmm. Really, I mean, I just encourage you, brother, to, to your and all your listeners to go read Job chapter 38, 39, 40. Hmm. God taught, you know, scolding Job about creation. And hmm. It's amazing passages. Lots now, of flatter stuff in there, you know, it really makes you. And if it's, if there's it's lots of flatter flat, stuff. It's like, okay, that really challenges scientism. <laughs> well, there was some, um, the guy that introduced me to it was a, a gas fitter. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, what would he know? And I really thought he'd gone loopy. I thought, oh, no. Oh, Alan's a flat earther. What do you earther. mean by that term, brother? Gas a gas fitter. fitter, like a plumber. Uh, they fit, oh, okay. um, they okay. do the gas gas pipelines in the fitter. house. Okay, I got yes. you. Yes. Oh, sorry, did I say, yeah, my Kiwi accent. Gas fitter. Yeah. What did I say? Fitter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I no, no, it's fine. Uh, we don't, we don't use, you know, we, we have pipe fittings and that kind of stuff too, but uh, we don't really use that term that way. We, we oh, okay. Say, so what do you yeah. say for someone that puts, yeah. uh, then that does gas, puts some, you know, like uh, works on gas your lines? Your gas. I, I don't even know because we don't, we don't, uh, I've never dealt with that. Oh, okay. So it, you know, on a ship, we would have a pipe fitter for on, on the, fitter, our ships yeah. for water yeah. lines, gas lines, that kind of thing. So pipe right. fitters definitely need good pipe fitters for that kind of uh, engineering. Yeah. You know, we don't need fuel well, lines bursting. No. Well, he was telling me, Alan was telling me, you know, you know, that the earth is flat, Grant. He said, don't, you don't look at these videos. And of course, then you could just sort of like just say to someone, just look up flat earth and, 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 you know, name a few guys right. and you'd find them. Now you don't. But, um, and then I right. sat down and I spent the whole weekend just, and, but what really, um, got me excited is I came across one where it had all these Bible verses, like you've been saying, all the, you know, the verses mm -hmm. in Job about the earth. Yeah. And in fact, I've heard, um, was it Penn and Tiller? Well, no, it was an athe some atheist like them um, said that 
you know, you, um, you, you, you Christians, you don't really believe your Bible because the Bible is a flat earth book. <laughs> and that, that actually has convinced a few Christians as well. <laughs> but, uh, yep. yeah, so uh, fantastic stuff. So, um, so yeah, for me, um, it's what, what I really like was the Bible verses. But then I did go out and buy, I actually um, bought, um, ordered one uh, from Hong Kong, a, a Nikon P1000. And I've got that there, and I've used it a few times, mm -hmm. and right. and it seems to seems to do what it what I what it's kind of, what, it, what on the videos it's the, the uh, things right. just come straight back up again. Boats on the other side of the harbour that you can't well, you that, can barely that's see the them. The beauty of it, brother, is that the layperson can go out there and and do scientific experimentation, yep. and scientific method, and prove to themselves. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. you don't have to. You sit there in your in your at your computer and do the calculations yourself, but. If you take your telescope out there or your binoculars out there to the seashore, you can take a chart, see, well, what's the distance to that? It should be curved this much. And, and you know, inwardly, you know, it's not, you, you know, water doesn't do that. We never yeah. see water curving that way. And, uh, well, you know, I, I did a, um, stuff and, and, uh, I did, a, I was just going to say, I, I did a maritime course and, um, they'd tell us that uh you could see sometimes you could see a lot further and they'd say that's the um what was it now refraction yeah refraction yeah and they didn't really understand it but they said that's what happens but um well i mean you you can understand refraction looking at uh if you put a pencil behind a glass of water and you'll see it gets distorted yeah right so you'll mm. see or your finger behind a glass or say well that's not in the same place that's refraction it's a simple thing yeah. Well, what they don't realize is that the image is bent by the curvature of the glass. The mm -hmm. container is bending, you know, it, the water You say, well, the water doing the water is like a looking glass, too. Mm. And that's a Bible verse talking about the firmament is like a looking glass. Oh, yeah. So, you know, when I first believed these things, I thought the sun and the moon were outside the firmament. And so, oh no, brother, somebody pointed me right back to Genesis 1. I said, you need to look at this. It's in the film. Oh, yeah, mm. duh. Mm. I don't know why I missed that. Yeah, I, I thought I thought they're outside as well. Hey, so how yeah. um, people at the very beginning when I first I think it was about 2016 I started to get interested in, in this. Um, they said that no, well, the the sun and the moon are the same size. They're not not different sizes, and they calculated with the rays of the sun you know coming through the clouds sometimes right. you get that that triangular that that was that pythagoras right. theory they used to and yep. they thought it was about 32 miles across the the um right. the moon or the sun and about 3000 yep. miles away or 3100 miles away they said do you mm -hmm. still believe that or do you believe that that it's about uh, that I far cannot away? tell you exactly what size it is it's hard mm. to uh it's hard to calculate that it would be 3,000 miles up or 300 miles up. Yeah, I know it's up. And uh, I, we had mentioned the first interview that I think that they are in their orbit, in their circuit as they go around, as the Bible describes it. I think of them having different altitudes as they move through the heavenlies. I, I, also it, another consideration that people aren't taking def into Definitely. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Because sometimes so, I've noticed the sun is above the moon, and other times the moon is a um, it, 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 the sun's below it, isn't it? The different you get these different eclipses. Right. Would that be right? That's right. And yeah, yeah, 
and who's to say exactly i mean i think that obviously the sun is a, a ball of plasma but what is the moon i mean i see stars through the moon i see planes through the moon when i see blue sky behind the moon i'm going like yeah what, what is that i mean yeah and then there's other times i i i don't see it there's times in the new moon you can't see it's like completely disappeared like where is yes, it's no, it's, it's, it's got a, okay. like a power source, isn't it? Just sort of like it gets charged up, and like tonight, it's really bright. It's like a spotlight. It's you know the whole everything's lit up. That, and I kind of agree with that. The plasma of the sun is charging this. It's not reflection. It's a different no, type of light. It's like it's charging. So whatever that body is, it's collecting energy and then discharging it in a certain way as it dances around the sun, yeah, and, and the face of the earth, yeah. Yeah. So, oh. I mean, we we should. There is no way we should be able to predict these. Uh, I was pointing it out to a friend of mine at the conference. Is listen, the the footprint of the eclipse, the solar eclipse, is only like ninety, a hundred miles wide, depending on the altitude of the bodies. But how could that be only ninety miles wide if the sun is that far away, ninety-three million miles away, and the moon is is a quarter million miles away approximately how, how could the shadow only be 90 uh, or 100 miles wide it's impossible and mm. that doesn't the, the trigonomet uh, function doesn't work that way for that kind of it should be much bigger or much smaller depending on which way you're going with this and so mm. that that's perplexing too and of course Here's the other thing, brother, is that you get these mathematicians, they lay out these huge things. So, well, this explains it. Uh, um, only you can understand that. The layperson can't understand that for a moment. And you can't point that out in reality. No, it's all calculations. In it's all reality, theory. What we're seeing. Yeah. But uh, I'm sorry I interrupted you, brother. Go ahead. No, it's all theory, what, what, they, what they do. You know, it's calculations and theory, but... But what we're doing, what we did was practical things, like with the P900 and the P1000. We just, it's just right. a practical thing. You go out there and say, okay, or well, how how high is the camera? Well, it's about four foot off the off the water's edge. Okay. Yeah, and so, and before I forget, brother, let me recommend mm. this YouTube channel to your listeners. Uh huh. And the uh, YouTube uh, YouTube guys, Jay Tolan Media. Okay, I'll just Jay Tolan. Yeah, J T O L A N Media. Let me see if I can find him. Hang on a second. Yeah. Um, okay, so he has a. Uh, yep, I've got a Media One. Is it? We'll just. Yeah, Media One. That's it. Yeah. So he, what he has done, is used these uh, P900s and other uh, beautiful digital video cameras. I mean, oh, beyond P900 and P1000 beautiful stuff and he uses infrared that's the secret to the beauty of his channel ah. he uses infrared photography so he can see through all the trash in the atmosphere oh no that's oh yeah i've heard of that but i've never seen seen that yeah. in operation from the okay, coast of california he's got the san jacinto mountains which are like 125 miles away he has pictures and video of that okay so that's j for juliet j tolan T-O-L-A-N, Media One, number one. He's got 24,800 subscribers, so that's good. So we'll just, subs I've just oh, subscribed. He's had his channel shut down a couple of times too. Oh, really? Why would, why would they do that? Why would they do that? 
Why can't we just believe the Earth is again. flat? Yeah. Right. <laughs> why why can't we just have our idiocy? Yeah, just, yeah, can't we just, be deluded? Why can't they just laugh at us? What are they frightened of? What are they frightened of? Yeah. Hey, you know another thing. I think it is. Yeah. It is important, isn't it? I used to think, oh, it's wise and it doesn't really matter. It's just going to get in the way of the gospel. But now I think it's really important. You've got to know where you live and what you live on right. and because it, it lines up with the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what well, were you going to say? Sorry. Is, you know, creation speaks of the creator. Yeah. If yeah. creation is evidence of the creator, then we just need to give it to them straight without shame and let them figure it out for themselves. Yeah. If the Lord yeah. will convince them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so scatterbrained sometimes. Me too. Um, let, let me ask you a question while you're thinking of it. <laughs> Do you sure. think the firmament at Antarctica, it obviously comes down to the, to the, to ground level. Um, mm-hmm. How far in do you think it is from the ice wall? No idea, brother. No. Yeah, no idea. Hey, you know what I often say? No one has ever flown uh, along the longitudinal line around the Earth. No one's ever done it. So, like, if you went down to, say, South America and decided you are going to go to, um, well, what would it be, uh, Cape Town or something, you know, right. uh, you'd never make it, would you? If you right. follow that longitudinal line, no one's ever done it. They always go latitudinal. And that's another evidence. You can you can look at the uh, the way planes fly from, let's say, Sydney to Dubai to London or South America, and you'll see that on a Mercator chart, it's like way out of the way. It's five or six thousand miles out of the way. It's that's dumb, and they they wouldn't they would not do that. But if you put it on a, a azimuthal equidistant chart you'll see it's practically a straight line from South Africa through Dubai to yeah. uh, South America. You know, it's yeah. just like, okay, yeah. that makes sense. It's like when they took off from California and that pregnant lady had to have, uh, uh, an, she had an emergency, in-flight emergency, and they had stopped in Alaska. That's why right. Why do that? They're in the yeah. middle of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Well, because why would they, the why would they take California, a dog leg and go way up there? <laughs> Right. So they should just turn back. It's shorter, right? But if you yeah. if you go on the azimuthal chart, then it's from California goes right by Alaska to Japan. Mm. No problem. It's it's like right on the way. So all emergency flights uh, go to Alaska. Yeah. For people that are flying that lake. What else can we cover? Oh, the importance. That's what I was going to mention. The importance of flat Earth. Why? Because most Christians say, "Well, brother, you know, I don't feel I don't have time to study it. I'm preaching the gospel. This that right." Mm. Well, the reason why it's important is because we want to figure out, God, you know, am I lying to myself? And, you know, it, it's so saturated in the world, in the media, that when you repeat what the scientism says, you are believing a lie and transmitting a lie. Yes. And that's why it's important to take the time to do that. It, it might be hard, but and it's, it's harder now that the world system is trying to suppress it. Mm. And Man, that's they sure another are. thought. Yeah. They sure are. Why? Why would they do that? Why would they? I believe, brother, uh, the open air uh, awakening, mm. included with the flat Earth awakening, is so powerful that the devil realizes his time is short. That no mm. matter how complex he makes it, how much information he's spewing out there, misinformation he's spewing out there, people want to know truth. They don't like being lied to. They've, they've lied. They're, maybe they're still liars, but they, 
you know, when you turn around on a center and say, well, you, have you ever lied? They go, well, yeah, but it's not that bad. <laughs> right? It's like a thief. You know, the thief will steal, but he doesn't want to be stolen from, have anything stolen from him. Right. He knows it's yeah. wrong. Yeah. yeah. Don't steal my nickel, but I'll take your boat. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. using the law, you know, and for those of your listeners that are Christians, to use the law when you share with people, very important. Uh, something I learned from Ray Comfort. Yes. Uh, you know, back in 2004, yeah, is that, that the law well. is essential. Yeah. That the sinner must realize that they've broken God's law, that the God law is written there on their hearts, they're without excuse. And so when you bring it to, listen, you're a criminal, you're about to go to God's courtroom while he finds you guilty or innocent. Oh, 90% of the time, brother, they say they're guilty. The only ones yeah. that say they're innocent are some Christians who don't know how to explain it. <laughs> well, <laughs> You know, I got baptized, I accepted Jesus in my heart, all this kind of nonsense. Listen, now you've broken the law. You think the good judge is going to overlook your your uh, crimes because you accepted the judge? No, the judge is definitely noteworthy, noteworthy and acceptable. But oh, that's a very good question. Is, will, yeah, will you be found acceptable to him? That's the, the key. And the only way to be found acceptable for God is to humiliate yourself, to humble yourself in his sight. Say, God, please forgive me, a criminal. Please forgive me, a sinner. I want to turn away from that stuff and trust and, and obey you, Lord, and obey the gospel. Will you be my Lord and Savior? And, and God sees that humble heart. And the Bible says that's when he comes. The Holy Spirit will come yeah. and confirm that the Father and the Son have forgiven you. And you need now now to walk according to his, his uh, will and his law. So... Yeah. We, we can't do it without the Holy Spirit, but there's nothing that we can't do uh, with the Holy Spirit. Uh, morally speaking, I'm talking about, you know, we, we don't have to keep lying and watching pornography and getting drunk and no. all this other nonsense we waste our lives with. We can we have noble purposes now. We want mm. to, to draw people to Christ, to the truth of his word and the truth of him. Not through yeah. me, not through my cunning uh, devices or my smooth words. Oh, give me smooth words. Tickle my ears. No, I can't do that. I'm here to box your ears and tell you the truth about Jesus. Yeah, it's a what family gospel. Hallelujah. Long live the patriarchy. Hallelujah. Brother Micah would say, <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you're preaching and they're, and they're liking what they're hearing, then you're not preaching the right gospel. <laughs> That's right. He sometimes yeah. says well, that. He told us. That's yeah. right. He told us that we'd be hated for him. Yeah. So yeah. doctrine offends the world. Yeah. I can't get over how bright this moon light is. It's um it's four thirty-five in the morning here, and it's it's mm. really man, it's big and bright. And you know, sometimes it's gotta be closer, you know, it has to be much closer. Uh, because sometimes it's huge. Have you noticed that? The moon is really right. huge. Oh yeah. And if it was 93 yeah, million right. miles away, it wouldn't be this big differential in size. And another thing is, when as soon as the sun goes down, you know, as soon as it goes over the hill, it gets cold almost instantly, doesn't it? Right. If it was, if yes, it was, the... as, if it was all that far away and all that and that hot, surely the Earth would stay warm for quite a long time, and you wouldn't feel so cold straight away. It makes me right. think it's a lot closer, and yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. That septic light has a—it's very important actually to the system because, you know, septic light produces funguses and, and uh, mold. Oh, the and moon? That kind of stuff. And you know, who? Yeah, the moon does that. That yeah. type of light, septic yeah. light. Yeah. Whereas sun is antiseptic. So yeah. you, here you have two opposing types of light 
So they can't, one can't be reflecting the other. It would be the same type of light if it was a reflection. Yes. And so it has to be somehow energized and then emitting a new type of light. And so that septic light is important for cooling down the earth after it's been scorched by the sun for, you know, 10, 12 hours and for cooling and creating dew. So wherever we see good energy systems, we see differences in potential. Like an HVAC system will take uh, the heat that's outside and uh, use it to transfer coolness inside. And you have the same thing uh, reversed in the, in the wintertime. So uh, maybe I have that backwards, but whichever <laughs> way it is, uh, yeah. it uses differences or like a geothermal system that- Like that a refrigerator. Say some type, yeah, like a refrigerator. Right. Yeah. Uh, we'll do the same type of thing. Well, I have uh, a couple coolers downstairs in my workshop. Mm -hmm. In the wintertime, it's really cold down there. It's not a heated space, but my refrigerators keep the space heated enough to keep my pipes from bursting. And it makes those systems very efficient and keeps the space warm. Right. Because they're removing the heat from inside the box and transferring it outside. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Through their yeah. refrigerants and compression of the refrigerant and it cycles through and gets compressed again and keeps going. So though that's uh, the difference in potential. That's a, uh, is something that Tesla studied too, is the difference in potential, whether it's heat or uh, electrical current power, that's, that's where you get exponential power growth or energy levels, you know, that, uh, you know, God, <laughs> he's given us uh, blueprints within creation to give us ways to do things that uh, yeah. are amazing. Yeah, and it's not our not our brilliance. It's his brilliance being reflected through the the inventions of men. Oh, well, I'm starting to fade a bit. <laughs> we better wrap Wait, it up. I we suppose. can uh, talk another time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe in a week or so. And oh, that'll so be great. I don't yeah, want to mention so... my company's name. You what? I don't want to You're mention my name? company's name. No, 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 don't. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to mention my company's name, but it, it's a very large uh, American corporation worldwide, actually. Mm. And uh, so my job is is in the uh, those of you listeners that are Christian, I ask for your prayers about my job because mm. I like my job, but uh, it's under threat because I refuse to divulge my healthcare information, and uh, therefore, you know, there's there's issues at work. I, I want to mm. go into more detail than that, but mm. I encourage all listeners: don't take the vaccines. Duh, definitely uh, not. Don't believe they're mm. nonsense anymore. Stand up against it. Uh, you may or you probably will get heat for it. Mm. Uh, some thoughts for your listeners to defend themselves with, and that is, listen, if your vaccine is working, then you don't have to worry about me getting you sick. It's protecting That's right. you, right? That's so you right. don't need me to take a vaccine to protect mm. you. And if you want to take vaccines, you can do that. Um, yeah. I believe there's problems. You're going to get sick from it, and you're going to act actually probably share that with the rest of us but yes my god-given immune system if i'm eating right i'm getting enough sleep and i'm drinking enough water my yes. god system will uh given system will protect me uh better than anything a man could do absolutely so. yeah absolutely oh well that's um that's fantastic well thank you very much john and um, uh, what, uh, I can't wait to talk to you again. I'm, it is, I am getting a little tired, I've got to tell you, that um, no going on five. I but, would um, be surprised, yeah. I was good at about one, nice one or two. I was doing well. <laughs> Great God talking to you, John. Brother. Yeah, you too. Bye. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.